Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Kenya. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I am very honored and also humbled to be here. Thank you. Beautiful people, beautiful nation. Amen. Praise God. Now, very quickly before you sit, um, I'd like to start by giving all the honor that is due to the fathers of faith in the land here represented. Please, let's give them a big God bless you. Such humble and profound fathers indeed. Thank you, sirs. I honor you in the name of Jesus. And then let's honor every man and every woman of God here represented. Mighty vessels doing great things for Jesus, even in this land. Finally, help me honor my dear friend and brother, Pastor Julian. God bless you. Hallelujah. I came because I believe that it's a new season for Kenya. I came because I believe that there is something the Spirit of God is doing, even in Kenya, and cutting across the entire East Africa. I came because there is someone in the crowd who needs an encounter even with the Spirit of God. When, I, when we were driving in and I saw the thousands of people standing outside and yet rejoicing, I said, this is it. When Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost, he made reference to the prophecy of Joel. He said, this is that. Hallelujah. So Kenya again, let me tell you, this is that. This is more than a conference. This is more than the celebration of an anointed man. This is God revealing himself even within a territory. Hallelujah. Now in one minute, I'd like you to lift your hands, lift your voices, and cry unto the God of heaven. Cry for a visitation. Give me an encounter, O oh God. Someone pray. Sheba kaso brande gebala Give me an encounter. Hallelujah. Now, please hear me before you sit. I sat quietly while um, 
at the rotunda and I listened to a bit of the conversation of the fathers and they were likening this meeting to several prophetic meetings that had happened in Kenya before under the ministry of Maurice Sorulo and many other fathers who have gone. But can I tell you the truth? For every dispensation, there are people God must find to become instruments of continuation for his agenda. These fathers have gone. They have today joined the cloud of witnesses. The one prayer I want you to pray again is, Father, I am available. Let these mantles, let these graces rest upon my life. Go ahead and pray. In the name of Jesus father we pray that you will breathe upon Kenya afresh in the name of Jesus Christ let men and women arise from this conference people of fire people of grace in the name of Jesus Christ I declare that burdens will be lifted in this place sicknesses will be healed oppressions will leave and Jesus himself will be glorified for in Jesus name we pray God bless you and please be seated if you can hallelujah I always like to start my sessions where possible by Helping the people understand what to expect. I am very intentional about every opportunity that God gives me to share and to bless his people. And it's important for us upfront to know what we are here for and to know what to expect. I believe that conferences like this, they allow for an opportunity to have encounters that plant for some or reignite for others a fresh fire for God. This is the first assignment of conferences like this to give us encounters that reignite the fire of the Spirit. Number two, we are gathered in this conference to obtain the intelligence and the empowerment to fan the flames of revival across the territory of Kenya. The intelligence and the empowerment. The intelligence and the empowerment to be preservers of the revival that has been so prophesied even upon your land. Number three, God has brought us here to strengthen the hands of the spiritual leadership over the nation of Kenya towards effective evangelism 
and the maturity of the saints. This is very important. The third assignment, I believe, as to why God has granted the privilege to be here is to help strengthen the hands of the spiritual voices and the spiritual leaders around and within this beautiful nation for greater evangelism and a more accurate template for maturing the saints even within this territory. Number four, I believe that God has brought us together here to subdue controlling powers and to help God's people experience the power of the Holy Spirit. God desires to be experienced and it is important that we walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit to allow the Spirit of the living God to move upon His people and bring healings, deliverances, revivals, supernatural solutions. That will be your experience in the name of Jesus. Finally, I believe God has sent me here to speak love, unity, and advancement over the church in Kenya and over the nation of Kenya. If we are able to achieve this, then a good job was done and indeed Jesus was glorified. Why am I saying this? So that your faith would connect, so that you would be very expectant in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a product of His grace. And I know that every time God allows us to fellowship like this, it is because He has you and me in mind. Are we together? So I like that you be sensitive as we begin the teaching of the Word, the bit of time that we have in this session. Pay attention and learn. And listen, let this for you be like a retreat. I know that many of you have made sacrifices. Some of you will hardly go back. You just connect into all the sessions following. Whatever it will take for you to get that which is yours, that makes for your deliverance, for your healing, for your maturity. And then, like someone said while I, I, I was um, seated there, that this is a moment of impartation where you not only hear and see, but you also receive the grace that empowers you to go and replicate and to reproduce these results in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles, please. Second Chronicles. Let's begin our reading. Second Chronicles. 15 and verse 3 please pay very close attention the bible says can you give us kjv if you can kjv it says let me just now for a long season israel had been without the true god number two had been without a teaching priest number three had been without law any nation and any territory is in trouble if you lack these three things. Please pay attention. Number one, the knowledge of the true God. There may be gods. There may be a way of contacting the realm of the spirit and the divine. 
but he says the knowledge of the true God. Remember the prayer of Jesus in John 17 and verse 3. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the one true God, and Jesus whom thou hast sent. So he says, for a long time, Israel had been without the true God. Number two, without a teaching priest. Any territory is in trouble and in danger. The purposes of God are at risk in any nation that lacks teaching priests. Not just speaking priests. Not just sincere priests. Teaching priests. And then number three, any nation and any territory that lacks laws. Laws that govern and coordinate and put restriction on the activities of men. These are the things that destroy territories. The absence of the presence and the knowledge of the true God. Number two, the absence of platforms that mentor and build and mature people through the ministry of the teaching priest. And then number three, laws that govern the land. Any nation that lacks these three things is a nation that is already plunging into decadence. Are we together? It's very important for us to understand this. That means when God wants to restore the glory and the dignity of a nation, he does that by reintroducing this. He reintroduces the presence of the one true God in all of his dimensions. Number two, he restores and strengthens the ministry of the teaching priests. Are we together? And then number three, he empowers the government of the land who should be under the influence of the teaching priest to now enact laws. Are we together now? Laws that are pro-kingdom, laws that are pro-advancement. Territorial transformation is not a mystery. It's a kingdom system. There are things that must be in place for a territory to experience God and to experience advancement. Are we together now? The second thing I want to say is that the state of any nation is a very direct reflection of the state of the church in that nation. That means the health of any nation, territorially speaking, is a very fair reflection of the quality of the spiritual voices that are resident within that nation and the quality of teachings or otherwise that can be found within that nation. Africa is a very spiritual continent. Are we together now? Yes. Every region, and I've had the privilege of traveling around a bit, I can tell you that most regions in Africa are inclined towards spirituality. That means spiritual transformation is very easy, provided the people they submit to are accurate. If there is a widespread confusion within a territory, we can blame it largely on the pulpit, not just the government, because the average person in Africa goes to church, there's midweek services, is that true? There are prayer vigils, all kinds of programs. So if you random pick a citizen, especially a believing citizen in any territory, and now assess them as touching the matters of the kingdom, the assessment you get from them is a revelation of the kind and the quality of truths that come from our altars. 
are we learning please it then means if there is a widespread error across a territory it came from someone and was believed by someone who believed in the communicator of that error are we together and then it goes viral until a people plunge into decadence they become victims of that wrong teaching this is very powerful every time a nation and a territory went down you would find God calling the attention of the believing part of that nation those who believed in God he would call their attention and say what is wrong because they would always be the agents of restoration are we together now if it is Babylon going down it will take Daniel to walk with God to restore it if it takes Nineveh going down there would have to be a Jonah that would come to announce the purposes of God are we learning already so this is very very important that the state of any nation and territory is a reflection of the state of the church Jesus said a few things about the church that I want us to consider. Matthew chapter 5, he began his teaching from verse 13. Theologically speaking, we call it the Beatitudes. From verse 13, Matthew chapter 5, he says, You are the salt of the earth. Can we have it projected? He says, But if the salt has lost its savor. Now, please look up. Theologically speaking, believers are classified in twofold. There is our classification based on our identity are we together and there is our classification based on our function so if believers are classified based on identity we are called joint heirs with christ are we together we are called the righteousness of god in christ we are called sons of god classification based on our identity the goal is to help us understand the extent of our oneness with christ are we together in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 when you read amplified Paul was mentoring the church in Ephesus and he said finally brethren he says be strong in the Lord amplified says draw your strength from your union with him that means the awareness of your union with him has an implication it can strengthen you so there is a classification of the believer based on his identity there is also the classification based on function. Are we together? Matthew 5 and verse 13 is now that classification based on function. So he now says, you are the salt of the earth. You are not just one with me. You are not just believers. Now he's teaching you your role and your function even within the cosmos. He says, you are the salt of the earth. I'm not teaching on this, I'm just passing through it, but there are a few things about salt you need to understand. Number one, the relevance of salt in a food is never too late. There are ingredients that you can add in food and the chefs will tell us, if you do not add it at a certain time, you've lost it. But even when the meal is prepared and is saltless, there is still room for the relevance of salt. That means if it is true that you are salt, there should be no government, no dispensation, no time within your lifetime where you are etched out of relevance. Number two, salt preserves. Number three, salt gives taste. So when he says you are the salt of the earth, it's important for you to understand the implication of such a statement. 
And then it says, if the salt has lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Next verse, we're reading to 16. It then says, you are the light of the world. Very powerful revelation again. You are the light of Kenya, he says. What is light? Light is the absence of darkness. It is not just illumination. The absence of darkness. The force that sustains the ability to drive darkness in its entirety is called light. It says you are also a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. 15 says neither do men light a candle. The candle can be there but if it's not lit you can throw it around. But once there is fire on it that produces light, you cannot put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and it will give light to all that are in the house. He leaves you with an assignment, the last verse. He says, permit your light to so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and to glorify your Father which is in heaven. Are we together? So it's important for us to understand that as believers, more than our oneness with Christ, we have been mandated as the church to be light the Christ being revealed and glorified in a territory depends on many factors among them the excellency of the results that come from the saints in John chapter 15 and verse 8 Jesus is teaching and he says herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall you be my disciples verse 16 of the same John 15 he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Is that true? And ordained you. The word ordained means to legitimize your operation. I have ordained you to go and to bear fruit. And that your fruit will abide. So, if the church remains dormant and cold and ignorant and inact, as far as taking over territories is concerned, number one, there will never be revival. And that means you will lose the purposes of God within the lifetime of a generation. And this is what we have seen when you study church history. You will find out this is true in Europe. This is true in the West. That there was a time and a dispensation where there was such a move of God. Is that true? You read it captured in books. And Satan knowing the power of continuity and succession. He created for some reason respectfully speaking there was such a a cutting away between the fathers and sons satan knew that he could not draw the fathers to backslide or to deviate so he just allowed time and age to exhaust them while growing with the children the children he grew with today are now the leaders of the nations are we together and the conviction that built you while starting is the conviction you honor when you get to the palace if you did not honor Jesus in the wilderness, chances are excellent you will not honor him when you are seated on the throne. Are we learning now? Yes. This is very, very important. Territorial revival is impossible unless and until there is a definition of God's program and then to understand who we are in Christ. That God begins to mature us to understand spiritual things. The gospel of the kingdom is largely missing. 
in the build-up protocol of the believer. The average believer understands how to receive from God. The average believer understands faith and other subjects, but they are not connected to kingdom come. So those subjects do not profit the believer entirely. Because you see, everything you teach the believer finds its relevance to the degree to which that subject is connected to the purpose of God. If I teach you on prosperity, just as a subject or on faith or on healing it will not benefit you until that subject is taught as a window that leads to a larger mission thy kingdom come being the mission are we together now so it is important for us to understand that in dealing with national issues and in dealing with issues that make for revival the program of God and even territorial transformation the first port of call is the church leave the government leave industries they are only a reflection of the spiritual state of the church in God listen every time you study God dealing with a territory he first comes to his people and addresses what is wrong the issue of government the issue of businesses education schools those are after effects if the church gets it right I guarantee you by the integrity of the Word of God eventually the systems and structures will come in alignment to the transformation of the church so my assignment in this session is to deal with the church this is housekeeping God is doing are we together now There are three factors, very quickly, that have affected the quality of believers today. Three factors. In every territory, Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, and across the globe, the quality of the believers we are producing in our churches, in our apostolic and prophetic platforms, um, the quality can be tampered with or enhanced based on these three factors please i want you to pay attention anytime you see that the church in a territory is weak the believer in a territory is weak or there is low or no evangelism the purposes of god seem to suffer in a territory there is the absence of the move of the spirit signs and wonders there is the absence of consecration walking towards the things of God integrity character the values of the kingdom the first problem write it down please the first problem is the absence of genuine encounters with God we're doing a spiritual diagnosis over the state in Africa the state of the church in Kenya The absence of genuine spiritual encounters. The faith life is a life of encounters. Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Please give it to us. The foundation of the believer's experience. Watch this now please. The foundation of the believer's experience is not just... Um, 
coming to the altar and reciting a chant in the name of Jesus and going back with the perception that you are saved, something must happen to your heart and your conviction and your desire. Can I tell you, there are many people in church who are not saved. This is not being sarcastic. This is the problem. Longevity in church does not translate to salvation. Usefulness in terms of technical skills in church you cannot receive salvation as a reward for being skillful. So just because I have been around a Christian environment for a long time, I can end the title of being saved. No. Unfortunately, that is the state with many people. So if I've been around a church for a long time, you can impart upon me the title of being saved. I can even become the head of evangelism. And when you check my life from the standard of scripture, I have not had a genuine encounter with God. I will only teach to reflect my conviction. I will only behave to reflect my conviction. Are we together? Yes. Respectfully speaking, sometimes in a bid for expansion, in a bid for growth, we do not vet the authenticity of the encounter, the experience, and the maturity of believers that we send. There are many people standing behind pulpits who are not ready for that. They are still very elementary even in their understanding of spiritual things. I hope we are still together. The quality of believers in any territory is affected by the genuineness of their encounters. There are times that you make an altar call. And when you say amen and you're about to tell the people go left or right that's when somebody strolls out and laughs he was not saved strolling out is not the condition for salvation are we together this is not elementary this is the foundation of the problem Jesus Christ is the door that leads to the kingdom listen there are many keys of the kingdom but there is only one key to the kingdom that key is a person Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. That means if your Christian experience was routed through any other agency aside from Jesus, based on the integrity of the word of God, you are not saved. If your Christian experience was routed through a good sermon or honor to a sincere man of God, you are still not saved. The foundation of the believer's Christian experience is Jesus, not good sermons, not miracles. You can't be saved just because you were healed. No. Are we together? Jesus said, I am exclusively, listen, when it has to do with certain things, uh, there is that shared glory. For instance, he says, I am the light of the world. He also says you are light. But when it has to do with the administration of salvation, the administration of salvation resides exclusively in the office of the Christ. If you encountered any other person, an angel, a man of God, a crusade, an anointing, and not Jesus, you are not saved. Are we together? The Bible says there is no other name under heaven that is given unto men. Are we still together? By which we must be saved. We must restore the order. We must restore the position of Jesus as far as our Christian adventure is concerned. Jesus. So when you say, I am a child of God, 
I don't tell me about the revelations you have. Don't tell me about the prophecy. Don't tell me about the man of God you know. Tell me about your experience with Jesus. That is the biblical index for vetting the authenticity of your encounter. It is amazing how we know so much about men of God and that is valuable. We know how much about crusades. We know how much about what God did in every program. Congratulations. But have you found Jesus? Can you hear me? Let this be the truth. Jesus must be etched at the epicenter of Christianity in Kenya. If you lose Jesus, then every other thing you are building on is already corrupted. The formula is in the beginning, God. In the beginning of any business, God, not ideas. In the beginning of government, God. In the beginning of your Christian experience, when you lose that formula, you are already in trouble. Genuine encounters. You must encounter the God of the Bible as a man of God, as a businessman. Because you see, Jesus is not an idea. Jesus is a person. There is Jesus the way. There is Jesus the truth. Those are spiritual ideas. But there is Jesus the life. It's, an, it's a person. John said... This is the record that God had given us the way, eternal life. He says, but this life was so structured that until you encounter the Son, you cannot have that life. So we need to restore the protocol of Jesus, not as a founder of a religion. Please look up. There are many things you believe about Jesus that does not equal to salvation. There is an exact information about Jesus that translates to salvation. Believing Jesus was a good man does not save you. Believing Jesus was a wonderful prophet, you are right, but it does not save you. There are exact information about Jesus you must believe. That this Jesus who is crucified has today been exalted as Lord and Christ. That was the first sermon on the day of Pentecost. And that order must be restored. Jesus crucified. Jesus exalted as Lord and Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, when you read from verse 8, are we learning? Romans 10. Please, media, give it to us. It said, but what seeth it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For the formula is found in verse 10. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you can know you are saved. If you truly believed in your heart. That God raised him from the dead. And you confess with your mouth. If that experience has not happened to you. You may be sincere, but ladies and gentlemen, you are not saved. Do you know why? Get the average child, the average Christian child, and ask him, how do people get saved? You will be surprised that they do not know. Now, when that child becomes an overseer of a ministry, how will evangelism happen? In the beginning, we have delved into Greek and Hebrew and wonderful dimensions of kingdom things and we have left Jesus. 
as the epicenter and these things are not wrong but my first message for Kenya don't tell me you are a Christian do you believe in Jesus apostle I believe in God no that's not what I ask you God is many things including yourself do you believe in Jesus hold on as the son of the living God the incarnate of the father who came from heaven lived a sinless life died for your sins not because he was weak he went to Hades the place of the dead are we together collected the keys that Adam gave Satan resurrected on the third day by the glory of the father are we together now yes and then ascended and is today seated not roaming around in heaven seated at the right hand of the father making intercession for the saints hear me Kenya do you believe this that is the first question leave conferences leave power leave healing we are coming there our fathers of old as weak as they looked changed territories by this simple gospel We can go to deeper matters of the kingdom only when we verify that this is in place. Ye must be born again and this is the way to be born again. I submit to you by the authority of scripture that there are several people who have not met Jesus. Not as the way, not as the truth, not as the life. They have met him as a prophet. They have met him as a founder of a religion that motivates them. They have met him as a nice person who, were, who they were told by a Sunday school teacher is not a bad person. They have met him as one who owns somewhere called heaven that they hope to go to. They have not met him as savior. They have not met him as lord. They have not met him as king. There is a serious problem with any territory that loses the simplicity of this message. Kenya, in one minute, I'd like you to shout that name again. Say Jesus. Jesus. One more time, shout it. Say Jesus. Jesus. Now, hold on. Let me tell you the one I'm talking about. Because there are footballers called Jesus. There are good people called Jesus. So let's verify whose name you called. Let's verify who you really gave your heart to. Are we together now? Jesus. The son of the living God Jesus the only begotten of the father as at when he came but now no longer the only begotten the first begotten of we the brethren Jesus the one who walked upon the earth Jesus the one who died on a tree not died on a road not died from a gunshot Jesus the one who died on a tree if he didn't die on a tree, he could not be a curse. Because the Bible says, Cursed is every man that hangs upon the tree. That the blessing of Abraham, justification by faith, might come upon we the Gentiles to the end that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, even through faith. This is the gospel. Are we together? Men and brethren, they said, when the Holy Ghost came, what shall we do? He said, repent, every one of you. Is that true? For the remission of your sins. And then he says, you shall be baptized and all of that. He said, for the promise is unto you 
and to your children and to your children's children as many as the Lord our God shall call the foundation for living the Christian faith ministry everything is Jesus genuine encounters parents go back and verify whether your children are saved don't just say they are educated education is not salvation education is important but they can listen let me tell you this when the flood of Noah came whether you were educated whether you were a great businessman whether you were an intellectual it didn't matter what political party you belong to provided you were not in that ark the flood will kill you that ark being Jesus himself No matter what kind of business you had, if that flood came, it will wipe you. I believe in Jesus. More than a man of God, more than an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, my greatest testimony is that I am a child of God. The God of the Bible, the God of heaven. Is that your testimony? When you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, the basis for entry and the basis for honor will not just be the many other things you did on earth here. But if Jesus himself is not Lord, you are none of his. Let us restore this message. It has nothing to do with being an evangelist. It is the work of an evangelist. It must not be done by an evangelist. No matter how deep, how high, how wide the power of God that moves across your meeting, if the gospel, the sincerity of the message of Jesus with his power to save is not restored, do you know what will happen? A time will come in Kenya. I don't know if it happens here, but in many nations right now, there is such a replacement of Jesus with technology, with advancement, with intellectual. These things are wonderful, but they only find their value if Jesus is exalted above them. This is why I honor the presence of the fathers. Please hear me. I'm speaking especially to the younger generation of ministers that are coming up. Do not trade power for Jesus. Do not trade Rema for Jesus. Let it be Jesus first. So the, the, the first, remember what we are dealing with now. Have I lost you? That the number one basis for the maturity and the strengthening of the church is the genuineness of your encounter with Jesus. Look up please. There are several universities and institutions of learning in this, your beautiful nation. Now, if you pick five or six doctors from several universities and bring them together, do you know they don't need to look at one another and doubt one another because you trust the institution they came from? Sometimes they can meet for the first time in a surgery room and yet not doubt it. Do you know why? Because they trust the institutions and what they learned. This is how it must be with the Christian faith. We may differ in terms of denominations, we may not agree, but let that one thing that binds us, that if you say I am a Christian, it should not mean I am just one who does not steal. No, it has to be more than that. I am just one who, is, who does not kill. It must be 
that I am one who has made Jesus Lord of my life. If you are with me, say amen. amen. Let me rush the two other factors and then we'll pray for this session. So the absence of genuine encounters with God and you see genuine encounters start with Jesus but then it also graduates into your overall hunger for spiritual things. Please look up. I want to believe that the crowds that are gathered in here and outside are a testament of hunger. How many of you know that hunger is a sign of health? The moment you are sick, one of the clear signs that you are sick is you lose appetite. Is that true? So the more you are hungry spiritually, it is a, it is a report card about the state of your spiritual life. The moment you lose your hunger, it's an attack. It means you should go for a retreat immediately. Hunger is a sign of health. Passion for the Lord's house. Passion for the things of God. The moment the things of God, I'm still talking about encounters. There are people who are saved, genuinely saved, but nothing more. No hunger for spiritual things. Anything that has to do with the matters of spiritual things. Matters of prayer, matters of the word, matters of corporate fellowship, matters of fasting. It is not in their economy, it's not part of their life. You might Christian, but not a serious one. Everybody say hunger. Please shout it, say hunger. Hunger must be restored and must be kept alive in Kenya. If you want to see the purposes of God established, encounters are products of hunger. Everybody who met with God from our fathers who have joined the cloud of witnesses to our fathers now alive, they will tell you. I remember Reinhard Bonke when he was alive. One time I went for his meeting. When he came, I stood for six hours. Six hours, not sitting. No. You know you hardly find seats in his meetings. Six hours standing. Say hunger. I was also a man of God. It takes hunger to look beyond your reputation. It takes hunger to look beyond your present achievements. Most of us are not hungry enough to press into the things of God. Men of God, may I challenge you by the message of God. Do not allow your current results to erode your hunger. Your hunger must be alive as though you had never met him. Hunger. Hunger. To hunger for him, not eat. You can hunger for the prophetic. You can hunger for signs and wonders. Nothing wrong. But your greatest hunger must be him. When Jesus calls you, he says, follow me, not follow it. Your first assignment is follow me and I will make you. That is the protocol. Follow me. When you, there are many people who follow it like Judas. There are many people who followed it like Demas. There are many people who followed it. Jesus. Are we together? So, your hunger for spiritual things becomes the primary sponsor. Let me tell you this. John, I mean, Jeremiah 29 and verse 13. 
God does not just reveal himself to you because he is God. There is a requisite level of hunger he must find in your life for you to encounter him in a very dramatic way. He says, and ye shall seek me. Are we still together, Kenya? And find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Listen. I stand before you, precious people of God, and before your nation to tell you, I have come to a place in my life, pastor, there is nothing and there is no one, not ministry, not preaching, not titles, that sustains the power to replace my love and my passion for him. I love you more than ministry. You've heard it in my teachings. I will give up ministry a thousand times for him. Believe me, this is not a, I'm not a politician. I'm not doing a manifesto. Before everything came, he was there. It would be stupid for me to leave him for every other thing. Whatever came second must remain second. Whatever came third must remain third. Let me tell you the truth. The things of this world are so jealous, there is a position they want in your life. It is your assignment to keep them at bay, the prosperity, the influence, and to keep them and say, Father, for as long as I live, you are that treasure in my heart. I seek you and I love you beyond ministry. Man of God, probably God sent me here to speak to you because you are already deviating. Your hunger for visibility is greater than your hunger for God. Your hunger for revelation is greater than your hunger for God. I'd like you to pray one minute whilst you are seated, even before we continue. Please talk to the Lord, whether you are standing or seated. Lord, I repent. These idols that I have exalted. Someone pray. Let there be a restoration. Apostle and go with it. 
take the money and go with it take the giftings and go with it but if you leave me with Jesus I did not lose I love him that much while you are clapping make sure that is your decision because by this by this teaching there are many idols to dethrone many idols to dethrone it is the reason why many people never get the attention of God. It's the reason why many territories find out that why is it so difficult for God to reveal himself? We must return to the place of the altar, the place of hunger. 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 Not titles. Hunger. More than sermons. Hunger. More than singing. Hunger. More than visibility and influence. Show me a people who are hungry enough and I show you a people who will command the attention of heaven. When I returned yesterday, I got down on my knees and I said, my father, this boy you have lifted and picked is here again. Here to bless your people. They call me names and they celebrate me. But I remain your son. I remain your vessel. Let it please you to do whatsoever with me. If you ask me to return back, I will call pastor and say, sorry, his majesty, the one who owns my life, has demanded for me. Do you love him that much? Don't sit down and just admire anointed people. You must admire their hunger more than the results. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the first factor that has affected the quality of believers is that most believers are not people of conviction and conviction is a product of encounters if you do not have encounters you cannot have convictions that's why there are people who leave God immediately they don't get anything because the proposal that was given to them is that if you come to him he will give you this and that and there is nothing wrong except that that is not the scriptural reason to come to Jesus if love is not the foundation of your pursuit you will lose so many things on the way what if the child does not come what if the job does not come listen I'm teaching you this out of passion not just for Kenya but for Africa the scope of our Christian experience if we don't detach the basis of our pursuit of God to things and focus on him we're in trouble it means if I don't get the job or the child does not come or the lifting does not come then the staying power and the impetus to remain is also not there because the proposal was never my love for him it was using him to get certain things for many people, Jesus is a commodity for exchange. I use him to get breakthroughs. Nothing wrong with that. Except for the fact that if that is the basis of your staying, then we will not last. History is full of times in the church age where there was no material blessing that accompanied their love for Jesus, yet they stood. History is full of times when the church was under severe persecution and people stood for Jesus even up until death. I pray that that grace be restored. Amen. That while he prospers you, while he lifts you, 
while he, has, he empowers you, those things are fringe benefits of being part of the kingdom and activating the laws and the mysteries of the kingdom, but you are never beguiled by them. You know that intrinsically, your basis for being and remaining in the faith is that you love him and you need him. Hallelujah. I need him. I need him. I need him with all my life. Number two, let's hurry up so that we can wrap up for this session. The quality of believers within any territory is affected, number two, by a very low level of discipleship and structural mentorship. Please write it down. The second factor that affects the spiritual product within any territory is the absence or a very low level of discipleship and structural mentorship. Please write it down. Discipleship and structural mentorship. First Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 1 and 2. There are many people who are saved. First Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. Genuinely saved, but there is no stature and maturity. It says now, no, 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 1 Corinthians, you are right, not Chronicles, Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. Please go back media, it's 1 Corinthians, not Chronicles, 3, 1 and 2. Let me hurry for time, okay. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not meat. For he that told you were not able to bear it. You know there were many things Jesus wanted to tell the disciples. But he said I have many things to tell you but he cannot bear them now. That means spiritual things depend on a state and a posture to make them valuable. God will not dish out mysteries and deep things. If you do not demonstrate your commitment to maturity. The average believer is immature in spiritual things. Even though genuinely saved, when you random pick believers, they, they, you, the indices that measure maturity is almost not there. And there are three biblical indices or four that measure spiritual maturity. Number one, your degree of conformity to the image and the character of Christ in experience. That is the first biblical index to measure maturity. Your degree of conformity to the image and the character of the Christ in experience. Number two, the second biblical index that measures maturity is the degree of light that you have. Access to the truths of scripture. Access to the mysteries of the kingdom. Your depth of knowledge According to Ephesians chapter 1, when you read from verse 17, Paul was crying over the church in Ephesus that the Father of glory may grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that they may know. Are we together? The third biblical index that measures maturity in the believer is the outworkings of the power and the glory of God in and through any life. So when there is the absence of discipleship, what is discipleship? Discipleship is not just, it's not a, a denomination's cliche. 
Discipleship is the name given to the process that makes you become like Christ in experience. It's called discipleship. And the course curriculum for discipleship is called doctrine. It comes from the word doctrina. It's a Latin word. Doctrine means a preset, um, a set of information that makes a student to conform into something exact, predetermined. Please look up. You see, in mentoring believers so that they become people of power and stature, it matters how they are mentored. Not just that they are mentored. It is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Are we together? Teaching a, the believer anything at any time would not give them structure and stature. There are some things they should learn before others. For instance, if you do not learn how to die to the flesh and to be alive, teaching you on prosperity and influence will be a risk. Because you are not ready to survive the temptations that that level of living will come. So in order of priority, you must understand character and the principles of death to the flesh so that the challenges that come when you now have money and influence, you can manage by that knowledge. Random picking spiritual information and teaching it does not produce a holistic people. There has to be a structure for mentorship. Are we together? You would always hear me say this. Imagine with me, dear people, a student who is in a university and is at liberty to attend any lecture, any course, when he wants to. Even if he's there after six years, will you give him a certificate? What did he do wrong? It was not the absence of classes. It was not methodical enough. Are we together? So today he attends a math class. Next week he's in a faculty or college of medicine and then he goes to theater arts. Now, he is a student within the system. But you cannot award him because there is no structure to his growth. Believers, look at me. What do you know about prayer? What do you know about fasting? What do you know about Satan? What do you know about God? What do you know about success? What do you know about failure? What do you know about territorial dominion? What do you know about controlling powers? What do you know about being a sheep among wolves? What do you know about longevity? What do you know about divine health? What do you know about relationships? These are the indices that measure maturity. You don't just say, I am matured. Based on what? We have to bring the indices. Have you been methodically mentored across these areas? Thank you. I'm ending now. Now, your growth is lopsided if you choose the area you like and stay there alone and ignore other areas. For instance, if you choose prayer alone and now leave influence, knowledge, principles of territorial takeover and dominion across the cosmos, your growth will be dangerously lopsided. If you choose prosperity and leave the matters of prayer and fasting, you will, you, so these imbalances keep reflecting in the body where people choose an area and ignore other areas. It must be the whole counsel of God. Are we together? Spiritual health plus superior belief systems that come from sound mental transformation. Are we together?
plus health and vitality plus a knowledge of purpose and assignment plus the knowledge of relationships plus financial prosperity plus influence equal a whole Christian any area you ignore and neglect will be the area Satan will use to destroy you so if you are sound spiritually and you are broke he will use the issue of poverty to bring you down. Like many people have destroyed their spiritual convictions because of hunger. I hope you know the only reason why Israel goes to Egypt is hunger. Every time you see Israel going to Egypt, hunger is taking them there. Everybody said discipleship. Kenya, please listen to me. Men of God, prophets of God, apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, those who lead prayer groups, those who lead discipleship platforms, we must obtain grace from God to be methodical and intentional about the growth and the maturity of believers. Now watch this. No individual has all of God and can reveal all of God by himself. This is where the power of understanding and aligning to the various dimensions in the body comes in. So the area where you are not graced in, you must outsource with honor and humility the dimension that is not captured in your Christian experience for the sake of those you are building. If we are still together, please say amen. amen. The quality of believers in any territory is affected by the spiritual orientation they receive from the men and the women of God. Like you are in this conference right now. God is granting you grace. You are hearing, you are learning. For some of you, you'll be making adjustments. What I am saying now, for some of you, is deliverance that will be translated to a more authentic spiritual approach in your pulpit. That means in talking to you, God has salvaged the 5,000 people connected to your grace. Are we together? Say discipleship. discipleship. One more time. Please shout it. Say discipleship. discipleship. Our growth must be methodical. And this is the assignment of spiritual leaders. Let's obtain grace from God not to waste the time of God's people. That every time there is a convergence, whether in a conference like this, a fasting program, a Sunday service, let's minimize some of this childishness of talking about ourselves and massaging the flesh and focus on building God's people. I say this respectfully and with every sense of honor to the priesthood that is within this territory. We must grow and mature for the sake of God's people. The emphasize talking about ourselves and building personal empires. The days of superstar Christianity is over. God is not looking for celebrities. He's looking for ambassadors. Both a celebrity and an ambassador have influence. The difference is purpose. Hallelujah. If you are here and you want to be greatly used by God, please obtain grace by, from God to submit yourself to methodical growth. Please look at me. Just because you see the gifts of the Spirit working in your life does not qualify you to be used by God. The deception of gifts will keep producing various shades of error in the body of Christ. Are we together? 
A donkey can be gifted to speak, but character is not a gift. The fruit of the spirit is a product of maturity. You can fake power, but you cannot fake a relationship. You see, please hear me. It is important for us to listen that God wants to build a people who are entire so that naturally error will be driven out of Kenya so that naturally guile and deception will be driven out of Kenya for the sake of the children and children's children may God forbid that 10 years from now we'll come to Kenya and find out that there's almost no serious Christian because certain patterns have been violated that the next time we come to Kenya, it will be with vibrancy. Men and women who are on fire, prosperous, having kingdom influence. Are we together? Let me give you the last one and then we'll pray. The quality of believers within a territory finally is affected by the presence of few models or references. The presence of few models or references. References that capture within their life spiritual possibilities. Now, you have to listen to this. Hear me. Transformation is difficult without a reference. The way God designed for transformation to happen is that he finds a man Builds that man by covenant. Are we together? And raises that man to become a model. So that man personifies God's idea. So that he can now tell you, if you desire this result, this is the individual who has captured this bodily. If you read the Bible, every time you want to seek the Lord and, you know, press towards the things of God, he will recommend you to Jacob. Because Jacob is God's embodiment of encounters. Are we together now? Jacob, remember Jacob? In Genesis 28, Genesis 32. If you want to be blessed and prosperous in the kingdom's way, the biblical reference is Abraham. Isaiah 51 from verse 1 and 2. It says, look unto Abraham your father and to Sarah that body for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him in other words in your pursuit for wealth and abundance if your life is not looking like Abraham you are following someone else it is not the God of the Bible who is lifting you because if it's a God of the Bible who is prospering you your life will be in the similitude of father Abraham if you want to understand the power and the efficacy of prayer look unto Elijah are we together now Elijah is the biblical recommendation to study, to understand the operation of the spirit of prayer and its territorial potential. That if you want to understand how prayer changes territories, study Elijah. If you want to look at what repentance can do to a territory, there are many lands to study, but most, the, the most striking one of them all is Nineveh. Nineveh is a land that was plunged into decadence. Are we together? And Jonah came with a message of doom if repentance is not there. The Bible says they broke themselves into sackcloth and ashes. They cried, they fasted, including the animals. So every time a territory is in trouble, 
you have to look at Nineveh. If your repentance is not like Nineveh, then you will not get salvation. The things that are written aforetime, the Bible says they are for our learning. So that we through patience and the comfort of scripture might find hope. Are we together? This is very important. Kenya, please look at me. The presence of models is what will enhance revival. The healing anointing will never be strong in Kenya until there are individuals who embody it with balance. Let me tell you the reason why the church in the 60s and the 70s were on fire. There were mighty models across cities. Apostolic models, prophetic models, financial models. The moment there is a model, transformation is easy because you now have a reference that you can become like. Kenya must pray that there be more, more models, especially for the younger generation coming. If the model they see is the model of carelessness, imbalance, laxity, licentiousness, they will evolve into that model they are seeing. So there must be, it's not just to pray and say, Lord, raise men of integrity. That is a good prayer, but it's not a complete prayer. There must be individuals who model it. Hear me. In the cosmos, there are people who model anything. Almost anything evil you are looking for. You don't need to allow your mind to wallow around. There are individuals who embody it. Rebellion, there are individuals. Are we together now? An antichrist approach, there are individuals. But when you come to the church, you may find models of character, but not find models of power. You may find models of power, but not find models of character. God in this season wants to raise up models that are complete and entire. That men can follow you as you follow Jesus and they are safe. Are we together? So the third factor that affects the quality of believers in a territory is the presence of models. Models enough. Models who exemplify and personify the possibilities of the kingdom. I vowed a vow unto God and I made up my mind, Pastor, as I prepared to round up, that as far as being a worthy model, I know we are humans, but that God will grant us grace to not mislead a generation. You see, influence, I was telling my people on Sunday, that influence is a very expensive commodity. You can use influence to kill and you can use influence to build. So before God trusts you with influence, uh, there is a lot you have to go through with God. Are we together? Imagine if Michael Jackson ever said Jesus is Lord. Even if it was a mistake. More souls will be won by that statement than many crusades. Do you know why? Because you see, influence is the ability to compel people to buy into your ideologies without using force or cruelty. It is one of the kingdom systems for advancement, influence. So in Kenya, there must be models. What does a balanced gospel prophetic music ministry look like? There has to be an individual that becomes that living epistle. What does an apostolic ministry in its authenticity look like? 
there has to be an individual that exemplifies that. What does a teaching, a prophetic teaching ministry looks like? What does it mean to be a kingdom billionaire with a heart for God? There must be an individual. You see, the mind thinks in pictures. And if there are no references, it is difficult to find transformation. So I'm praying that God will raise people. When we talk today about T.L. Osborne, well, those ones were even a bit more modern. There are a few people, Alexander Dowe, Maria Woodward, Ita. We talk about these people and history did not capture so much of their works to help and inspire us. We have to depend on word of mouth from those who were there. But that in Kenya, the young people will suddenly be influenced to become something exact because certain individuals start rising that personify this everybody who says i want to become a man of god you can say like this this man is a worthy model i want to become a businessman like this what you are becoming is troubled until we see what you are looking at as we behold him we are changed so this is happening in your lifetime the next time someone says, we want a revival in Kenya, you have an idea of what it looks like. Are we together now? Yes. Like this. Show us the ancient path. Will you lead us along eternal highway? We want to follow the ways of Jesus. We want to enter your rest. Will you show us the ancient path? Will you lead us along eternal highway? We want to follow the footsteps of Jesus. We want to enter your rest. The restoration of encounters, the restoration of discipleship, methodical mentorship of believers, you see, when you read the epistle of John, I don't have the time. John spoke to three people in his epistle. He spoke to fathers, he spoke to young men, and he spoke to little children. The, the prophetic demography of every region is that way. Fathers, young men, little children. The advantage of the fathers is an encounter and an experience with God alongside age the advantage of the young men is their ability and their energy the advancement the advantage of the little children is their innocence and their malleability please look up i write to you fathers because you have known him i write to you young men because you are strong and you have overcome i write to you little children because this and that and that in kenya there are fathers. You must pray that when the time of our current fathers is done and they are going to join the cloud of witnesses, that the replacements for them will be fathers indeed. Woe unto a nation whose fathers are children. One of, listen, you check across the body of Christ. The territories where there is strong spiritual stamina, is largely because of the presence of fathers who can define boundaries. Young people are known for energy, but they are known for excesses. 
So when the devil wants to destroy a territory, he will kill the fathers fast so that the young men who have a lot of energy and encounters without balance, even though Samuel was hearing the voice of God, he needed Eli to give it divination. God called Samuel using the voice of Eli. Even though his eyes had been dim, I agree, but he still needed him for direction. That's why we must pray for the fathers in Kenya that they must remain strong and that God will keep them long enough to watch the formation of the next army. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm wrapping up now. Now, respectfully speaking, I want to honorably charge fathers. Now, I'm not speaking to Kenya alone. I'm speaking to Africa especially. Do not fight the young people because they were also, there was a letter for them too. The letter was not for fathers alone. Now, there are times that certain mistakes, sincere mistakes, that fathers can make and ignore the ministry of the young people. Remember, the energy is no more with the fathers. The energy is with the young people. And the grace and the resilience to overcome is with them. So when fathers don't turn back and build the young ones but fight them, they will still survive because they have energy. They can overcome. And when they overcome without the fathers, they will ignore them and produce another kind of error. I write to you, young men, you are strong. You may have excesses, but you are strong. Let the young people make mistakes in the lifetime of the father so they can correct them in their lifetime. So let me challenge respectfully the fathers in the land. When God is lifting young people, let's not fight them. Let's identify them and give them room and mentor them and train them. Because whether we fight them or not, the Bible testifies they have strength. They will survive it. But if they survive it, it will be a ministry of bitterness and anger and envy and a revenge mission back to the fathers. The last set, and then we'll pray. I write to you, little ones. These ones are naive and innocent. Anything that looks like light, even if it's darkness from afar, they will go for it. So, the immunity, if you read that scripture, I say, I have written to you, little children, because you have known the Father. So, the secret of the sustenance of the little ones is the presence and the immunity of the fathers to be able to protect them while they grow. There are people who just got born again. They are excited. It depends on who constructs the mentorship platform for their growth. They are naive. Some of them even came from non-Christian faiths and practices. Now they have become believers. Whatever you tell them is their definition about God. Little children. Paul said, My little children of whom I travail until Christ be formed in you. In Kenya and even right here, there are these three categories. There are the fathers. Who have the privilege of experience with God. Young people, do not ignore the fathers because you have more rema than them. It takes more than rema to last. Don't fight them because you can prophesy and see visions and the man can just open the Bible and just share with simplicity of faith. Ministry on the pulpit accounts for only about 30% of ministry. They have the secrets of the other part. And if we ignore them, we will preach ourselves into derision because we do not have the stamina and the staying power. Young men, continue to explore with zeal. 
albeit in honor to the fathers so that when we get to the boundaries our zeal is so powerful it can drive us to regions that are unaccepted it is the ministry of the fathers to lovingly define the boundaries and for the little children every father was once a little child then he became a young man so every little child is a potential father and how they are built matters are we together are we ready to pray Please stand. Kenya is in the heart of God's prophetic revival, even for East Africa. You have heard this by prophecy. It is no lie. It is true. God is moving across Africa. Can I tell you, I say with all due respect to the regions of the earth, but Africa is the one continent that will return Christ with honor. Every continent has had its share of promoting kingdom come at a territorial level. Now is the turn of Africa, that rejected stone. Remember, hear me, when Jesus was on his way to the cross, he carried the cross in pain. Every continent rejected him until Africa came as Simon of Cyrene. It was Africa that carried the cross and helped Jesus to get there. So there is a glory that awaits Africa because the protocol is if you partake of the sufferings of Christ, you must also partake of the glory that follows. Africa, hear me. Out of the ashes of who we are and what we are, there is something glorious rising. This is why what is happening in Kenya is also happening in Nigeria. It's also happening in Ghana. It's also happening in South Africa. It's an emergence. And you see, God is using supposed nobodies. Ordinary men. Ordinary men. Helped and used by God. That means the fact that you are in this meeting, it tells me that there is prophecy upon your life. We are going to deal with other matters in the evening and we'll have the opportunity now to begin to minister. But I want to pray. Please listen, ladies and gentlemen. The church in Africa is as a defining moment. There are things if you miss now, it will take another decade or two for this season to come back. Please hear me, I'm speaking to you prophetically by the Spirit. Africa, hear me. Kenya, hear me. We are in a season that must not be disrupted by pride. We are in a season where what God is doing is bigger than any single man or single ministry. We are in a season where God, what God is doing is bigger than the ego of any individual. This is God lifting a people to reveal Jesus Christ one last time before he comes. And it is an honor to be alive in this time. I have seen many visions of the coming revival. I have met a few people 
please watch this a few revivalists who had the opportunity of meeting some of God's generals before they left I have listened carefully to them what did they tell you what did they say and I listened carefully now is our time to reveal Jesus Africa we cannot fail hear me in truth we may not be the best in terms of technological advancement we may not be the best in terms of the dexterity of government and leadership we may not be the best in terms of intellectual prowess but this treasure God has given us the treasure of the purity of divine encounters we must preserve it oh dear they can't hear me my apologies we're about to pray right now two things will happen here as we pray number one is while we pray there are many people here but there are a few people who there is prophecy upon as far as the move of the spirit for the next season is concerned some of you have seen this in dreams listen carefully some of you have seen this in visions the angel of the Lord's presence is in this place right now and while we begin to pray if you can please I want you to bring those people out as we pray there are prophets there are apostles I'm speaking to you by the spirit of grace this is why I came ordinary people please help them ushers help them help that lady if they are running you don't come out on your own father I decree and declare by the rod of the apostolic and the prophetic there are men and women no 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 please don't come out on your own this is the power of God those under the anointing I want you to bring them out father all across this place there are men and women who have gone through seasons in the spirit and they are in a season where they are about to be revealed right now let that fire like it was in the days of T.L. Osborne, Maurice Saruno. In the name of Jesus, let there be a reignition. Right now, at the count of three, I want you to shout the name Jesus. Are you ready, Kenya? One, two, three, shout Jesus. Let that fire fall. Apostolic fire, the grace of the teacher, the revealer of mystery, the grace of the prophet. I like you to pray one prayer Lord purify your church 
and elevate your church to a new spiritual dimension. Go ahead and pray. television and in your homes may that grace rest upon you now help them please may that grace rest upon you now hallelujah you're a man of God here you're a woman of God here the grace to be accurate in dispensing the truth of God's word for the sake of God's people carry that grace now carry that grace now hear me the Bible says seeing then that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses it says let us lay aside every weight and the sin that don't easily beset us and to run with perseverance the race that is set before us let me give you a last prayer point don't be distracted father everything that has taken your place in my life i dethrone it right now go ahead and pray lust pride flesh self-aggrandizement i dethrone it right now and i declare jesus revealed Jesus glorified over Kenya. Jesus revealed. Jesus glorified over every church. Someone pray. Let the refiner's fire sweep across every assembly. Sweep across leadership. 
sweep across business. In the name of Jesus. Now please hear me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Please listen to me. Now listen to me. Before the evening session, if you can, I'd like you to please, at the permission of your pastor, I preached a message two weeks ago called the Purified Church. Please, I want you, you can go on our platform. I want you to get that message and if you can listen to it before the evening session. There I listed the six or seven deadly sins that God wants to remove from the church. It is not from a standpoint of self-righteousness and condemnation. I listed a number of them. Immorality, number one. Number two was the sin of the loss for money and material things. Number three was the sin of witchcraft and extra-biblical practices. Number four was the sin of pride, vain glory, and self-centeredness. Number five was the sin of competition, comparison, competition. Number six was the sin of imbalance, not communicating the whole counsel of God. I want you to go and listen to it so that the area that applies to you, you will begin to pray and say, Lord, purge me. If yours is immorality, whether as a man of God or as someone in the house of God, you submit to that refining fire. If yours is lost for money and material things, until the church allows herself to be purified, there is a glory that cannot be seen. He said, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal the land. I pray for all who are out here in the name of Jesus, the grace that has rested upon you. I decree and declare that grace will speak even from now. Let that refiner's fire begin to speak from now. Let that refiner's fire begin to speak from now. Begin to speak from now. Let the killings of the spirit continue. The pruning of flesh until you become that vessel of honor in the name of Jesus Christ. For in Jesus name we pray. I declare the blessing of heaven upon you. And I declare grace for you as you endure even for the sessions that we have later in the evening and in the name of Jesus may this be a moment of encounter for you you go from glory to glory and grace to grace the church in Kenya will rise to a new dimension there is no going down in Jesus name I pray give Jesus a big hand clap Cover us, let the life of your river flow, let the truth of your kingdom reign in us, let the world 